Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. joined today by three guests from New England. They are Lawatarist Jim Matis, multi-percussionist Richie Barchet, and the host of the World Fusion show, Derek Jordan. Jim and Richie both call Western Massachusetts home. They recently released an album of improvised world music on Right Brain Records. It's called Rise from the Top. As a duo, They draw on a long list of musical influences to build a sound that is somehow both boldly original and warmly familiar. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Jim appeared in episode 27 of this podcast, which featured innovators of the acoustic guitar family. But we were stretching the definition. Jim's tool of choice, the lawatar, is a cousin of the guitar more accurately defined as a cross between a Greek lute called the laoto and a mando cello. It has four pairs of strings and is tuned like a cello. It was custom built for him and his bond with the instrument is so deep that these days he scarcely plays his native instrument, the guitar. Jim's background spans jazz, traditional folk, and progressive rock and he has quite a repertoire of recorded music. Richie is an accomplished jazz drummer with tentacles that run deeply into the realm of world music. You may have heard of some of the musicians he's worked with. Herbie Hancock, Esperanza Spalding, Bobby McFerrin, Natalie Merchant, and Chick Corea. Richie joined us while on tour with the Klezmatics, a band he's been part of for 17 years. Jim and Richie met recently after Richie moved to Northampton. It didn't take them long to form a strong musical connection. Derek Jordan has appeared on this podcast a bunch of times. He's an accomplished violinist, and we featured his music in episode 19. He also joined as a co-host for episodes 21 and 25. Derek's public TV show out of Brattleboro, Vermont, has extolled the virtues of world fusion music around the globe. We're happy to have him back. The World Fusion Show recently featured Jim and Richie. That was episode 165 of the series, which you can find on YouTube. I highly recommend it. Today, we're going to hear some great music from Jim and Richie, including selections from their duo album and other projects of theirs, plus an impromptu jam with Derek. We'll also be talking about their creative process and the interesting cultural backdrop of World Fusion. 
Richie was recording an album that I did with my partner, Lila, uh, called Talamana. And he was playing mostly tabla and uh, frame drum and cajon and all kinds of little toys. And I really liked the vibe <clears throat> that he was getting. Even though I know he's a fantastic jazz drummer, we, we chose to just use the hand drums. So when I approached him about doing this album for you, for Right Brain, we agreed that we would stick with that same format. And basically we just set up the mics, plugged in and rolled tape. I would show up on each session with some hand percussion, some tabla, frame drums, slightly different percussion each time. And kind of like found this way to set up everything on the floor. And so I think through that experience, that's where the inspiration, at least from, from my take on it, that's where the inspiration came to uh, say like, oh, let's just try to, let's just see what happens if it's just the two of us with some kind of similar floor setup. And when I say on the floor, like everything in the percussion setup was just like the top lower on the, on the ground. I played some cymbals just upside down. So the bell is like holding it up on the floor, balancing it and other instruments just like on my knees and really got a chance to improvise. And it's been a while since I've gotten to make an album that's all going from, okay, like what is, the 2023 compositional approach of the moment that's on your mind. So that was a really fresh yeah. experience. We disappear very well, the bee in the cactus flower, the gazelle fling over the plains, the tortoise into Disappears all too soon Rain in the sandy dune Wells run dry The rice is planted Pray for the coming monsoon I had played with world music percussionists for maybe the last 20 years. I knew all the instruments and, you know, I, I decided that this is kind of the, the sound that I want that, that complements my Lautar sound. So for me, this was like the perfect way to, to meet Richie in, in the middle. I felt very at home as a world percussionist, as someone who, who, uh, sort of build my sound off of different musical cultures and drumming cultures from around the world that I find uh, beautiful and inspiring. And I also felt that particularly the, the tabla, the North Indian percussion, was particularly welcomed by Jim.
a lot of fusion music that brings together different things happens in the context of American culture, which seems to absorb things easily like a sponge. And American culture also seems to encourage some degree of experimentation. This is how we got rock and roll, it's how we got jazz. And I'm just curious, how do you think American culture affects the way you guys create music? With the World Fusion Show, I have interviewed and played with hundreds of people. So it's an interesting question. In America, we take a lot of liberties, <laughs> I would say, in terms of our permission that we give ourselves to play different things, recombine things, and as you say, our own American music, you know, blues, jazz, and, and others are really derived from a combination of many styles and a melting pot of many styles, and, and that's all good. Um, so there's not this rigorous sense, for the most part, of holding on to traditions. And, and, and we're, we allow ourselves to have a wider range in doing that. Now, of course, um, there's good and bad things about that. One of the problems, maybe a problem, that comes up is this idea of uh, cultural appropriation. This is an issue that I was always concerned about because I'm not a traditionalist at all. Some people are very strict about that and are, are very judgmental about that. A white guy like me, you know, who grew up in New Jersey, what the hell? You know, I started playing <laughs> playing all this stuff. How Well, I was lucky I had a mentor, Milford Graves, who, who opened me up to world music and percussion and all kinds of really cool things I probably never would have encountered in my normal life. But that was back in college, that was a long time ago. And I kept going with that. And he was a person who was very non-judgmental about combining different styles and playing different styles and didn't have that kind of strict approach. Although he also played tabla and he all, but it, you know, it didn't sound to my ears very Indian, his technique. He used it in his own way. So that fit right in with what I believed in, taking something, using it in the way, an instrument and using it in the way that was interesting. Yeah, it's, I, I really like the way you put that, Derek. It, it makes me think about how we're a nation of immigrants in relation to, to our traditions and how we're, we're um, often moving things forward and, and taking bits and pieces of traditions, but also being a part of this nation of taking liberties and experimenting. And yeah, I, I I guess it's uh, it's it would be a good thing to re-examine my view of the the tabla masters of India and that incredibly strict culture and and, and um, that I find some beauty in that I find I find some beauty in the the holding of that strictness while also maybe it's embedded in my DNA that I, I want to try different ways of finding it. I was really uh, concerned when I did my show. When I started my show six and a half years ago, 
that I would be accused of cultural appropriation. That has not happened at all. But, you know, world fusion is kind of a mess. The whole idea of it is kind of a mess. I think it's a good mess. It's a creative mess. Well, I'll pick up on something that Richie brought up, which is that we are a nation of immigrants. And, you know, you go back 500 years, the only indigenous music was Native American music. And, uh, but if you think of American music, now you think of jazz and blues and classical music and all that came from europe and africa and recently asia we grow up in a place that that is always reaching out to the rest of the world for inspiration and you know that's when when the beatles came to <laughs> in the 60s it was like we were copying the brit the brits but it turns out they were copying us. So it's not like if you if you grew up in in Greece or in you know Sudan uh, that there you, it goes back thousands of years your your musical tradition. We can't draw on that. So we have to go across the ocean to pick up new sounds and new directions. Yeah, and I think all of this conversation is incredibly important when you go to make music and you say, all right. Hey, Jim, let's improvise. And so what is that what does that even mean? Let's improvise. Let's take something that's in your in your your head and your ear based on all of your experiences of listening and uh, and then this this idea that Derek brought in about a culture of experimenting and liberties. It's a fascinating conversation and when I listen back to the album getting back to the the duo record, you know, I hear all kinds of jazz rhythms in there even when I'm playing tabla I hear like syncopated across the bar rhythms that to me are are uh, you know tap dancing and, and jazz or simple blues backbeat rhythms not to mention the some of the modes that Jim dabbles in it's fascinating on an improvised album it's a really fascinating thing to notice I studied traditional jazz at Berkeley for two years and and I learned all the modes and there are almost an infinite number of modes. I tried to study the machams of Persia and and the Middle East and I play with a, a sitar player. I picked up a lot of the Indian modes. They call them they just call them ragas different ragas and they are there are hundreds of those and they all have specific meanings 
But for me, I, I still always go back to my, my Berkeley training. And part of that training was jazz phrasing. And my other big influence was, was rock and roll. And I have this instrument that's tuned to a low C and I can really lay into those lower chords, fifths and fourths and, and, and come up with a heavy, heavy, even though it's an acoustic sound, uh, in my head, uh, it's that's some of that is influenced by, you know, listening to one of my favorite progressive rock bands, King's X, <laughs> and early Zeppelin and Hendrix and all that, you know. So I feel like those influences are, are still with me. It always seemed to me that using traditional content in new ways was honoring the tradition. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Hopefully what we're doing is taking like the best influences and putting them together in the best way we can. World Fusion is a way to build bridges and create connections between cultures. And I think that's a really important aspect.
Your album has a kind of hypnotic quality to it. Time seemed to slow down. Yeah, I mean, I think I think of the uh, the tracks we made as conversations, and uh, I'm thinking about just the soundscapes that you kind of mentioned, and I, I think we did approach it that way. We said, okay, let's do a four or five, six minute improvisation, sometimes eight minutes. And let's just like, let's try this texture. And so we didn't really shift that much within it. There was definitely things that happened and, and moments and events, but we kind of would just like make that happen. And organically as a trio, I think the improvisations we made didn't like go to some totally different unexpected place usually. Like they, we would kind of just like explore this one area uh, or this one painting in a way and I actually getting back to the conversational aspect um, I kind of think that's the way Jim and I are when we hang out we like there's something we're talking about and we kind of just like talk about it for a while it's not we don't often have these conversations where all of a sudden we're like whoa now we're talking about fish you know it's just like I don't know so I think of it as just these these kind of like patient conversations that we had yeah, it's it's a conversation that that you have with with friends, you know, when you're when you're not self-conscious and you're not worried about, you know, what's the subject that we're talking about and and am I going to sound intelligent? Am I going to sound informed? No, you just open up and it's all spontaneous. So, yeah, Richie and I had that had that going on and <clears throat> even though, you know, I I know I can only speak for myself. I was very aware of certain parameters and, and you know trying to keep keep the groove and because Richie is always you know going throwing curveballs at me, so I have to be like really on top of that. Um, but for the most part, it was totally natural and and you know I didn't even really think I didn't think too much. Uh, about what I was doing or, or what was coming next. So you're just kind of in the moment. And if you're really doing a good job of it, I've found, you almost find yourself a, like hovering above, looking at your hands move and, and, and just like just observing yourself. And that's, that's the, you know, the rare moment that, that you strive for is that sort of out of body experience. Mm with improvised music yeah yeah i often think about when i'm creating and improvising i often think about like i was having an out-of-body experience listening to myself on the radio you know like listening <laughs> in to what's happening i guess that's kind of similar to what you're saying about seeing your hands move um and the other thing that i i'm thinking about with the way we approached it is you know with only two people on the track the power dynamic is always really like things are really exposed. So I felt like a lot of times I fell into a very typical drummer as support role. I just laid something down and Jim would talk over it. And then sometimes because, you know, the loud tar can really lay a support. So Jim, we would flip those roles. So it just felt like a lot of times we were sensitive enough to know what role we had in each moment and when we could be messier together and when we could listen very clearly to each other and the duo aspect of it made it all very transparent 
just seemed to know what we were supposed to do. Richie, I don't know if you remember that one of the tracks after we recorded it, Richie said like, oh, that was really cool. But I thought that you were like, your one was like on the upbeat and mine was on the downbeat. And we were like somehow out of sync. But then listening back to it, it didn't sound out of sync at all. Even if we were like hearing different downbeats, it it meshed together <laughs> in a in a way that um, maybe wouldn't have if we were on the same page. Do you remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but I don't hear it now when I listen back. So. Yeah, it because because it somehow worked. Two of you play together live, I believe. How are your live performances similar or different from your recording sessions? Instrumentation is a little different. The sounds are a little different. And a lot of times we play for like two hours without stopping or like, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. So we're, we're, we're expanding the soundscapes longer. I actually think it's not that different from this idea of, of soundscapes and, and, uh, storytelling in slow motion maybe that's what we mm -hmm. can call the next album storytelling in <laughs> slow motion yeah the, the the gigs that we do the two hour gigs sometimes we literally play straight through for two hours with maybe a few little breathers in between but we try to make those breathers connect with the next thing it's exhausting like in a good way exhausting yeah. it's like running a marathon it's therapeutic. <laughs> we play for contact dance. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. I know Derek is. It's quite a trip playing for these roomfuls of writhing people and trying to respond to what they're doing. And you, you see them picking up on what we're doing. So it's, it's very interactive. been listening to the music and voices of Jim Matus and Richie Barchet, joined by Derek Jordan of The World Fusion Show. 
The piece playing now is all three of them together. To learn more about these fine musicians, link to Jim and Richie's recent album Rise from the Top and other projects, link to their recent appearance on the World Fusion Show, and find today's playlist. See the blog entry for this episode at rightbrainrecords.com blog. been listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. You can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Farewell for now. Join us next time.